0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, you guys. I just wanted to pop in before this episode and let you know that this is, as promised, a continuation of my conversation with Zach about The View. Um, this is the best part of it, to be honest, because this is where we talk about all of the messiness, Rosie and Elizabeth and Whoopi and all the things barbara leaving you know we get a little emo so enjoy welcome to dunzo this is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends both real and fake and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear i'm your host troy mckity
1: Who came on next? Rosie was the very next one. Rosie O'Donnell, correct? Okay. We're gonna talk about Rosie. She in the book they describe her. One of her opening lines is she they she has ushered in the next ten years of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rosie was only on for less than a season and a half total. How total crazy episodes? Is that? Fucking wild. And her name is still so like synonymous with the show. I
0: gotta know what you think about Rosie's act
1: i have such a love hate relationship with rosie i think rosie let me let me flip to my rosie notes.
0: <laughs> zach's view scroll
1: oh my goodness okay it has big bold letters enter rosie uh, but she had a successful talk show under her belt when she entered this right Six seasons of the Rosie O'Donnell show. We hear about. We get a kind of a rundown of her career, and like she was this actress. She was on the Rosie O'Donnell show. She was like, and on the Rosie O'Donnell show, she seems like she was pretty pleasant. She even like provided, made sure it was in her contract that everybody working on the show had free childcare. Mm-hmm. That's a big fucking deal, because shows don't offer that. Shonda fucking left. What was it, Disney or ABC? Whoever I think that's the same right. people. Um, yeah, because Shonda Rhimes left it because. They wouldn't give her an extra pass to fucking Disney World, you know? Mm. Um, People are notoriously stingy with things like this. And she made it – she always seemed to make sure in her contract that she was also helping other people and helping Mm. the the underdogs. And I really respect her for that, and I think she is (sighs) – I think she's insanely controlling, but with a very big heart that she doesn't know how to – I don't think she knows how to use her big heart without hurting other people at the same time,
0: but she's I do like think Linney. she has a
1: very big heart. Yeah,
0: she's like Lenny from of my cement. She's like she loves to, she <laughs> loves, she really does love you so hard that she would squeeze you to death. I she really thinks, feel like that.
1: Yeah, she thinks that if you're, and this is this is kind of true. You know, Bill Getty's making a bunch of money on the show. Nobody feels bad for him, um, yeah. but if she's trying to help anybody under Bill Getty, she's hating fucking Bill Getty, right? Because Bill Getty's the the upper upper ranks of the show which is right in a sense but also anybody who seemed to cross her or seemed to like do any little thing that would upset her it didn't matter how low they are on the total poll mm-hmm. it, it seemed like she had a problem with right um, yeah what did you think about rosie o'donnell
0: i have a very similar assessment of her i think for one thing i will say that i think rosie turned the show into like appointment tv yeah i feel like before rosie it was like you watched The View and if you caught it, you caught it. But if you didn't, it wasn't like a big deal if you didn't see The View. But when Rosie came on The View, it was like, you watched, it was like a soap, like you watched every single day. You did not miss an episode of the, basically The Rosie Show 2.0. And I think, you know, when Rosie was in her prime as like an interviewer and stuff, that her superpower was always that she had a real, she had her finger on the pulse of like what people cared about and and so the really weird thing was it was like young people and her like older demographic yeah so she would have like you know she had all of the pop stars on her show and they say that in the book that she became known as the show that would have like Britney and Justin and and Jessica and all of the people um but she also you know she like had all these really intense interests and hobbies and like she just kind of, like, made herself the show, no matter what show she was on. Absolutely.
1: Um, Nail on the head right there. Yes. You know, like, because, and she and she formed the show to be whatever in her image, right? Or whatever she yeah. thought her image was at the time. Listen, as a couple of Britney fag hags, we know Rosie O'Donnell right oh, yes. what did you think when, when britney would go on there you I, you you liked her dynamic with, with britney right she was very protective oh um sometimes a little dated in her mindset about like what britney would wear and like kind of yeah. seemed like she would talk down to her a little bit but like for the most part it seemed like she was like loved britney and she saw what everybody else was not seeing we also have to yeah. keep in mind that rosie had a very rough upbringing right mm-hmm. she was like uh, i don't know if you're allowed to say this on your show molested Um, Okay. So she was molested as a child. She had like a really hard growing up experience. She lost her mom super early, which is Mm -hmm. why she found such a kindred spirit in Madonna, you know, and she found these kindred spirits in these, in these other celebrities who were kind of, she could recognize the damage, right? She recognized the damage in Britney Spears. She was really good at doing that. And I really appreciate that. I appreciate that she had that sensibility to her.
0: I agree. You know, it's interesting. Cause like Rosie always wore her heart on her sleeve and she was always so vulnerable about the stuff that she had gone through. And also her, like, they make fun of it in the book, but like her depression and her yeah. anxieties and stuff and just her discussing mental health. Yes. Like even having talks about it and being like, I'm on medication for this thing. Like that was crazy yeah. back in the day. And Rosie was so like honest and open about it. Um, And she always came from a place of, like she taught, I don't remember who it is in the book that says Rosie looks at, and she admits this, as as older females in her life as her mom. Yeah. And when she gets attached to female celebrities, it's because they are usually maternal. So people like Barbara Streisand and, and Barbara Walters, that she basically forces them to mother her. And with older men, because of what happened with her dad she's like very combative and like will find ways to like she'll pick a villain and yes. qu- and make that person her fucking target no matter what and like she doesn't forget her target um but like you said earlier she also is controlling to the point that she like really terrorized a lot of people I mean it yes. seems like she just left a trail of bodies
1: she was a fucking nightmare on this show listen when we talk about her like finding older women figures and like making them her mother you know she did that with everybody she seemed to try to shape everybody yeah into um some sort of either motherly sisterly or a version of herself right Mm -hmm. I think she was trying to shape Elizabeth Hasselbeck into herself uh, because she did have a very close relationship with Elizabeth Hasselbeck when she when she joined this show Um, Rosie's quoted throughout this whole book and then I think towards like close to when the book was coming out Rosie was shut herself up it was like don't print any of that I don't want to be in the book I know I thought that was crazy Um, and I it does seem like her close relationship with Elizabeth Hasselbeck she she kind of describes it as like they had like a crush on each other and stuff like that. I think the way she was putting it, I think people took it as, and it, fairly, fairly, it's okay, it, it's very fair to like assume this that, that she was putting it as like you know they had like it was like a lesbian fling, you know, something like that. But I think I took it more as like Rosie was trying to shape Elizabeth into herself. Rosie was trying to make because she knew Elizabeth was this kind, pretty blonde girl, and uh, Rose it, who had very conservative views, and Rosie fought really hard to shape those conservative views into something a little bit more liberal, right? Um, Right. And I think Rosie had the same thing that we all have, is like looking at the pretty blonde girl, and it's like, that's the one I'm going to gravitate to, like initially, you know, whatever the psychology is with that, that's what we're doing. Um, And Elizabeth... They did have a really close relationship for a little bit. We say, I, I don't, I hesitate to even say for a while because she wasn't on a show very long, right. but they, Elizabeth, ended up like kind of pushing back on that, and I don't, and it, it meant, it, it says in the book that Rosie didn't like that, and so Rosie saw it as Elizabeth being combative with her, right, and she yeah. distanced herself from Elizabeth because of that, Um Rosie also had a very big problem with Barbara Walters when Barbara Walters wouldn't shape into her mother figure. I think we have to remark that Barbara Walters also had a really difficult relationship with her own daughter. It's because mm-hmm. Barbara Walters like admittedly put her career first, and she was very career-oriented. Yeah. She was cared about the show. Day. She didn't care about Rosie. Um, right. And Rosie seemed, when she's let down, that Barbara is not forming into the mother she wanted starts to distance herself from Rosie or from, from Barbara as well and gets really combative with Barbara because there's a there's a moment in this book where they describe Rosie basically towering over Barbara oh. and screaming at her because that what was she angry about? To. What was she angry about? I don't even remember.
0: I don't remember what Barbara had said but that mm. is like that part of the book really stuck with me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, like, when she left, Barbara was visibly shaken. Yeah. And remember, Barbara's woman holds that mindset. She didn't want to give any emotion, but she was, like, shaking. Yeah. And Rosie did just make everybody's life hell on that set, you know?
0: I know. It's really, like, it's really crazy to think that a person who – Kelly and I talk about this a lot on Beyond the Blinds. Like, these celebrities who paint themselves into this corner – where it's like I'm known for being nice yeah just nice all the time and then those people always eventually break like the mask eventually in some form will fall and you know with in Rosie's case it's like her mask eventually fell so far that she wasn't even pretending to like at least on on Rosie's first time on the show she was kind of like She had her foot in both places where she was still a little bit of old school Rosie. But she was like this newer version of Rosie that was allowed to be political, that was allowed to be openly gay, that was allowed to talk about all of her, like, all of the queer trauma that she had. And like, you know, just she was allowed to be herself, but she was still nice Rosie in a sense. And later in her career, like when she came back the second time, I know that we're skipping ahead, but she was just purely evil, like, evil rosie on that show when you watch i was watching clips of rosie's return she is like i mean it's like uncomfortable like yeah there's one episode where she basically like wants to fucking fight rosie perez like on tv and she towers over her and like uses her body and like puffs up her body and rosie Perez is like i don't really love how you are towering over me right now like i
1: think rosie was really good at or not really good at but i think she recognized subconsciously that she could bully people into things um Mm -hmm. and i think she totally took advantage of that uh so one of one of rosie's like we we have okay the view during the rosie year (laughs) The first right. year was iconic. It was. Yeah. It just was. Uh, it's part of our pop culture history because of how iconic it is. Um, yeah. there, we have so many moments. We, this is this is the beginning of the Rosie versus Donald Trump, right? Yeah. Um, Rosie, there's a moment where Rosie is talking about Donald Trump, and she flips her hair over, and her hair looks perfect to do a Donald Trump. <laughs> and she starts talking about how, like, Don, she does a Donald Trump impression, and and she um, – she, what does she say that pisses him off so much? Not that she did the impression, but she called him, she called him bankrupt, right?
0: She had bankruptcy. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so he's pissed. He goes on a media blitz, basically like bashing this that I, w- the way it's described in this book, the power that Donald Trump had to make everybody fucking fold on this show, that they all offered apologies uh, is fucking wild. You know, nobody, nobody would do that now, which is crazy because he's I been know. the president of the United States at this point. Um, yeah. Poor Barbara on a yacht. She was on a yacht partying with some friends, some older celebrity friends, and she gets off the yacht and sees all this mess, and she goes and apologizes. She makes sure to apologize to Donald Trump on the show, and I think that was the breaking point between her and Rosie is that Rosie felt like nobody was sticking up for her, right. um, and they were just offering apologies to Donald Trump, even though Barbara did that – was, that was it. That was why she was yelling at Barbara so harshly. Oh, that, yeah, yes, yes, Bug, yes. Okay, connections, man, connections. Yeah. Where's the where's the cork board in this <laughs> <I needed.
0: laughs> Add
1: another string <laughs> uh but barbara did eventually like go on the show and like stick up for rosie and kind of condemn trump um, yeah for his because he was like going at her relentlessly relentlessly calling her a pig like lesbian like really going harsh at her we know how donald trump is that's yep. exactly what he was doing to her and i think she very much felt like nobody on the show was sticking up for her and that she like made her own bed lay laying it because do we want to talk about her her versus Elizabeth Hasselbeck? This like we have to. I think by that time she was already ready to quit. Rosie was already she'd already let them know she was not gonna finish. She was gonna mm-hmm. do three weeks and she was done. She was out. She was not gonna keep her contract going. Um she'd started falling out with everybody. She fell out with Elizabeth hasselbeck um. And Elizabeth Hasselbeck was going on all these Fox News channels and doing all these interviews, and they would ask her about the Donald Trump stuff, but she wasn't really defending her friend, Rosie. And Rosie mm-hmm. took a lot of – of she, she took a lot of issue with that, which is totally understandable. So when I remember this in my head – I'm talking a lot. Oh my gosh, no, I'm so go. sorry. No, no. Um, when I remember this, I thought it was more about – because I remember the – um our enemies in Iraq, Elizabeth, our enemies in Iraq, Al-Qaeda. I said, did you hear that, Rosie? I said, Al-Qaeda. Um, I remember that. And I remember it being a big political discussion. Having watched it back in this past week, I've watched it at least three times. It is so personal that there's like, it is so at the, at the front end talking about Iraq and then completely personal from there. There's deep, deep, deep hurt. Between but it all two. it
0: always is with Rosie though that's the yeah. thing with her it's always personal yeah she makes everything personal like and I think that that's what that person meant by like every man she works with is her dad every woman she works with is her mom like Rosie brings her trauma to work with her so unapologetically and like uses it sometimes as a tool that is like great but it's like, it's crazy that she forces people into these like family dynamics and then gets mad at them for not living up to the standard that she sets for them. It's like, it's like, it's crazy, especially for a person who's so obsessed with <clears throat> diagnosing herself in therapy and getting help. Yeah. But um, yeah, that moment is so personal. And we know now that, you know, that argument was post Rosie making this like effort to, become real genuine friends with her and she had like invited Elizabeth to her house and Elizabeth had swam with her kids and they had done like cookouts and they had gone to see plays and shit together she took her to her first Broadway show like she really made an effort to like connect with her and I think that's where it was coming from and for Elizabeth she's like why are you fighting with me like I'm your fucking cousin right now on tv girl like I'm an adult woman with a job like you know, it's, it's a crazy thing to watch now. Cause like you said, it's so not about what they're fighting about.
1: Yeah. That's another one that like, I, I urge everybody to go and watch because it is very, it's very uncomfortable and it's very long. Um, Sherry Shepard is also there. She's not quite, she's not on the view yet. She's, but she's mm-hmm. like uh, coming in. I think this is her audition phase. Um, yeah. Yeah. But she's on the, she's on the panel and Joy's on the panel and they're both like screaming at producers over and over and over, cut to commercial, like what's going on? And they're, they're, they, I think the, 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 the book describes it as like a ping pong match. And so they eventually do a split screen between Rosie and Elizabeth and that like makes Rosie fucking fume. She doesn't say it on air, but after yeah. that, she like rips into them for doing a split train. And I totally get it because yeah. it's this moment. But also like, I get it, Rosie man. I get it. You, this is something that you you're airing, you're really like putting your heart out there and like telling Elizabeth, this is hurt me. This has hurt me. She's not doing it in the best words. She's not, you know, saying just specifically, you've hurt me. She's, you know, mm-hmm. dancing around it. I don't think she has the language to let elizabeth know right like you've hurt me like this but also you're on a fucking tv show on air at this very moment do not do it there because they're gonna do shit like a split screen and they're not gonna they're not taking your feelings into account you're about to give them fucking ratings this this clip will be aired all over every every news station you know yeah um and i think she just doesn't i don't think rosie really gives second thought to these things right Um, oh not at all she is very much in Rosie land and rosy world um and this is like one of the does she come back after this i don't remember i don't remember if she does um if she finishes out the three weeks or if this is like it
0: i don't remember either but i do remember i I, whenever i see clips of the show from that time it's like you immediately know because rosie painted this the set blue oh yeah and it was like the only time that the show was ever not like a mauve or a neutral or something it was like blue it's rosy blue like you know and she she just did so many things to the show to make it I don't know she like I said earlier she made it appointment tv like Rosie turned that show into something that you could not miss. And to be completely honest with you, I know obviously Rosie has some crazy controversial opinions and she is a conspiracy theorist and like Rosie's (laughs) nuts. But like a lot of the shit that she would say about even just like Bush that at the time we thought was like the craziest deal. She was right. She She was was right. right.
1: She talks about Donald Trump and the way he is and how horrible she is and nobody was on her side. And now that is the chatter. That is what people say about Donald Trump, right? Like she was ahead of her time in some ways. So like, that's why I have such a heart, hate, you know, love hate relationship with hers. That I feel like she was very bright. She was very, like, she had her finger on the pulse of, like, mental health and stuff like that. But, like, her own ego and her own selfishness got in the way of that. Like, what was the reason for her releasing confetti at the announcement that Britney Spears had divorced, had filed for divorce from Kevin Federline? That was completely right. traumatic for Britney Spears. That was hard. Yeah. That was very hard for her. Her marriage was ending. And you have Rosie O'Donnell on a, on a chat show releasing confetti because it's a celebration that she, you know, like yeah. where is your extended compassion there, you know? That's selfishness. Right.
0: Especially for a person who expects such intense compassion from everybody all the time. yeah You know, it's just a lot. Um, even like, I was watching the clip of her when she came back later when she argued with, with Whoopi about Race? <laughs> We're gonna get to
1: it. Let's get to it, Troy. Because yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um, well, those are those are the, those are the Rosie return years. I have it in my big bowl letters. <laughs> the Rosie return years.
0: <laughs> okay, let's um, let's keep going because I could talk about Rosie for like twenty million yes. years.
1: Rosie's a very interesting study in this. I I, I could as well. Um, not to Rosie hasn't left, or so Rosie's left by now, and Sherry Shepard is coming in, and they're making Sherry Shepard offers i love rosie for this right because sherry Shepard is contacting rosie and saying hey they're making me this offer and rosie says "Mm -mm, this is what you're gonna do this is what elizabeth makes what i make what joy makes this is what what everybody makes you need to ask them for this amount of money you need to tell them to include this many flights back to los angeles to um, pay your rent for the first year like they can do this you can do that because sherry shepherd is this like smaller time actress she's not really um coming on knowing that she has leverage as this actress, right? right. Uh, and Rosie was so... I'm like spitting everywhere. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> you're so passionately. I'm very passionate about the book of you. Um, and Rosie was so great with like helping her along and saying, get what you're worth. Get what's yeah, fair. Right? And Sherry Shepard gets everything she asks for. Sherry right. Shepard has an... He's autistic, correct? He ha- She yeah. has a special needs son that needs to in LA for, for doctor's visits. And so she gets like a certain amount of flights to go back and forth. And like, how fucking great is that, that she, I know. cause she could have been, she was totally lowballed, and she wasn't even going to take the job because she's like, I can't afford to take the job. Yeah. You know, the
0: shit kind of, I'm kind
1: of just going to rant for a second about Sherry. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: So, I will admit that when Sherry first came on the show, I was very much a part of the group of people. First of all, Sherry coming on the show is ushering in, like, even though I think Rosie is, like, those years of the, like, that year is the best, I do think that when Sherry came on, and we're obviously eventually going to get to Whoopi, to me, that's, like, the view's, like, kind of golden era for me. So, Whoopi,
1: Sherry, Elizabeth, I have that exactly in my notes. Yes. That is my favorite panel. That is my favorite panel.
0: The Sherry of it all, like, she is a woman, when she came in, she was raised a Jehovah's Witness, she had never voted, she had never really celebrated birthdays or anything like that. She had lived this completely sort of removed life, and then was plopped on this TV show that requires you to not only know everything going on in pop culture, but to know everything going on in politics, like, unlike any other show. And she really got put through it at the beginning, right? Sherry really like got dragged every day on this show, not knowing shit about the government, barely knowing who the president is, you know, and she was just sitting there every day looking like an idiot and, you know, admitting to being a person who only watches reality TV during a time when that was like the worst thing you could say because it meant that you weren't smart So then it was like, oh, dumb Sherry just watches Dancing with the Stars and she doesn't know what's going on. And I just think watching Sherry blossom on that show like ushered in one of the most amazing eras of television ever. Watching Sherry vote for the first time, become a political person, become this like self-assured woman. Like that by the end of it, she was like, she could volley a conversation with any politician that came on any person on the panel you could ask her any question about what was going on in the world and she fucking hit it back to you and i just think that's so cool like that's like really cool to me
1: she she definitely honed her craft and like you're so right like she this was this was she came on in 2007 so she was 40 years old at this time when she came on this is this was like the Debbie seat that they had initially mm. tried to do with the twenty-two-year-old, right? Like Debbie was super into pop culture and, and yep. what was relevant at the time, but not super political. Um, that's how Sher- Sherry was. But this was, you know, we were we were. This was post-9/11. This was like we were heavy, heavy in war. We were, th- th- this was mm-hmm. the heat was just blistering. You know, yeah. as far as the political landscape, and Sherry Shepard comes in, and you're right, and she, you know, even makes a remark during during the the Rosie and Elizabeth fight. This is why I watch Dancing with the Stars. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I love that she. I think that was one of her hesitations for for coming on the show initially, was she's like, "I'm not political. Mm-hmm. I I do like Dancing with the Stars. I like my reality TV shows, and I don't know much. Uh, and I think you're right. One of the most powerful moments that she was ever on the show was what listening to her talk about voting for Barack Obama the first time, mm-hmm. because she'd never voted, you know? Um, yeah. And it was pretty incredible. And this was a viewpoint or a view of somebody coming on the show that we had not seen yet. You know, this was somebody who was, who had life experience in the, enough life experience that she could, uh, she could easily talk about what she believed but mm-hmm. was admitted to like what she didn't know, you know, and was ready to right. sit there and learn from everybody.
0: Yeah. She was very vulnerable and like beaten up for being so vulnerable, but then continued to like share, you yeah. know, and, and, and like put herself out there. And we also have to talk about the fact that this is, it's crazy that the show hired, well, we're going to talk about Whoopi being hired we'll just do it next, I guess. <laughs> But this show had two Black women on the panel. And at the same time. yeah, At the same time. And they really wanted to make it a point to show that not all Black people have the same opinion. And I mean, if anything, the most frustrated community of people with Sherry was Black people. At yeah. the beginning, it was like, that was her, the criticism that Sherry Shepard she is was making. Pretty black people conservative,
1: right? Like that's why I think that's why her and Elizabeth got on so well is because they were kind of the same person. They they were yeah. both super, kind of conservative, um, and she was more lax on her. See, this is this is like she wasn't super political because she really just stated how she felt about specific topics rather than like encompassing everything like we tend to do in our minds and saying mm-hmm. we're left or right. And I, that's what I did appreciate about her is mm-hmm. that. It, her, her opinions weren't always conservative, but then they were, you know, like she was very right. in the middle of everything.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. She, yeah, like the gay stuff, like she had a really hard time coming around to like gay marriage and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And it was for the panel, it was interesting to have somebody be conservative from a religious standpoint and not just because they were, you know, a Republican. Yeah, like her conservatism. I'm
1: like saying so many words. (laughs) Guys, it's okay. Troy does not Uh, talk about politics. He sits here and talks about pop culture. You're listening to (laughs) the show today, okay?
0: I'm like, her Britney Spears, her Britney Spears. Her Britney Spears, <laughs> her Britney Spears. Uh, but no, like it was it was rooted in being a Jehovah's Witness. And that was such an interesting perspective. Like I learned so much about being a Jehovah's Witness from listening to Sherry talk about all the yeah. stuff that she didn't grow up doing. I was like, I didn't know that Jehovah's Witnesses didn't celebrate birthdays. I had no idea yeah. until her. Yep.
1: Absolutely. I think she is the best example of of an evolving mind that you're watching in real time you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and uh, see i just like she's is she on right now is she on or is she like off of it at this point um, um so she came back she was on from 2007 to 2014 and then i think she has been coming back as like a guest yeah okay
0: because now she's taking over the windy show
1: oh is she really good for her man yeah good for I know. fucking her i know I, she's like, also had kind of a chaotic like up and down swing here lately because she got married too she had another like not sort of the star jones level like wedding announcements but she was pretty you know outspoken about getting married she gets married to this guy and then she him and her split up pretty quickly right they split up pretty quickly and she and him have a surrogate uh, mother delivering their child and she has nothing to do with that child you know she has said that that's completely his child because i don't think it was her egg I think right. it was just his. And so she says it was just his, but I think she, at one point, I know she was ordered to pay child support. I don't know if she still does that.
0: That was so crazy. Wild man.
1: Not <laughs> something I expected from Sherry Shepherd.
0: <laughs> I know. Um, okay. Who should we go to next?
1: We got a Whoopi. Let's get a Whoopi.
0: Okay. Tell me your thoughts on Whoopi. I just
1: talked a lot. Loved Whoopi in the beginning. I cannot fucking stand Whoopi now. Basic okay, cool. in, in basic terms. Whoopi was very happy to be there. Whoopi came in at a time where her career had been kind of like muddied and her legacy had been kind of muddied and she was really struggling to get parts and like have work. And so when she got the job, she was very happy to take it and get the work. And now she looks like she couldn't be bothered to be there. She is getting a paycheck. She doesn't really care. There's a YouTube channel called my view on the view. Um, and she, she is fantastic with kind of analyzing episodes oh, cool. of The View. And she says that, um, I think I, I agree with her opinion, that Rosie is never, or not Rosie, <laughs> Whoopi is never, like, um, informed on any of the topics. It doesn't seem like she does any of her research. Like, she doesn't care to be there anymore.
0: Yeah. I pretty much feel the exact same way. I think this is, like, what we had a drunk rant about in Chicago, <laughs> was like specifically Whoopi. Um Cause I do think that Whoopi represents the rebirth of the show at the beginning. I mean, at the beginning, Oh my God. You remember her walking
1: on that breath of fresh air feeling?
0: Whoopi was literally a ray of sunshine on that show at the beginning when she was first hired. And, you know, at the time, Whoopi was like in kind of a strange place in her career. And, you know, she had mentioned something to Barbara about doing Hollywood squares and Barbara said, well, why do you do that? Like, you're this big, huge star. You're an egot winner. Like, why do you do Hollywood Squares? And she said, "It's a secure paycheck. Yeah, it's a it's a steady paycheck." And you know, it sparked in Barbara's mind that Whoopi would do something if she knew that the the pay was good and that it was a, like a steady job. Um, and you could tell at the beginning she was very grateful for the job, yes. and excited, and she was engaged, and she brought this really interesting, like open-minded kind of hippy dippy perspective on things where it's like you never really knew where Whoopi would be coming from because she was never she was never like either far left or far right with anyone yeah. she was always kind of murky and in the middle it had some interesting kind of nuanced opinion on stuff and that was really cool and then over time she became hardened by the show and now it's like it's like the wicked stepmother walking out. Like it's yeah. literally an, a wicked witch flying out every week and just. And being...
1: I don't believe that Whoopi. I, I believe Whoopi is like Barbara, and I think she has a very dated mindset as well. Wh- Mm -hmm. Um, especially about certain topics so I mean I'm not proud to admit this but whenever I was coming up as a teenager or early college you know in order to understand issues that weren't part of my own community right I would look to certain figures and it would be like one figure that I would in my mind subconsciously like use this figure to represent the whole group right so like whenever I was thinking about black issues. I would look to Whoopi on the view and like go mm-hmm. based off of what her opinions were. And I would say, well, that's it. Right. She all the time would say, well, that's not real racism. I know real racism. Like she's mm-hmm. very famous for saying things like that. Um, and it's not true. You know, it, 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 certain groups of people are not a monolith, you know? Um, right. And I don't believe that a lot of Whoopi's opinions are, are the best opinions out there, you know, anymore. Um and I think I just I, I I think she has a very, very dated mindset about all yeah. of these issues going on. And I think she would better. <laughs> I wish they'd just pay her out and let her go and she'd be probably happy to do it. But I think she'll she'll hang on to this job as long as she can because she can go out and do other work. She shows up, she does the job, yeah. and she goes out and does whatever else she wants to do. So I mean, good for her. And like she is also, remember, supporting so many members of her family mm-hmm. that this job is important to her i guess you know but um it yeah. did also like bring her back into a public consciousness in such a positive way for her you know
0: right and i think that the barbara comparison is amazing because she also is like her in the sense that she's like i'm a list and yeah. i have run with a certain group of people for a really long time and i'm protective of those people and it is what it is like it's like they're very much a part of like the bullies club yeah you know, like the old school, like in like a lot of really dark ways. And like, I don't know, just being like, just because this person is nice to me. I That's how she is.
1: That's yeah. how she is. Like she, they were nice to me. So this couldn't possibly be true, right? Yeah. Didn't she, she defended Bill Cosby at first, right? Like she was a oh, Bill yeah. Cosby defender at first. She has still defended Woody Allen as well. Um, So, I mean, she is just, she's also proven to be just... A person who has her own flaws as well, you know, mm-hmm. like she's not any like perfect example for anybody, just like they all are right and it's good to look at both the good and the bad from everybody, um, but I do think especially when she came on and especially for like, she's been on over 10 years now, for a large portion of that she was a very valuable asset to this show I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: I will say, okay, so let's get into kind of the end of this era, right? So we okay. have our, our three exits are, I'm taking over your damn show. No, do <laughs> it. I, lo- I love it. Our uh, three exits are Elizabeth, Joy, and Barbara at the same time, correct? Like if they all leave at once. Um Joy and Elizabeth, again, think they're safe and they they are on their way out the door. They get called to the office and they get fired, Um do we want to talk really quick about the just a funny little anecdote um, Elizabeth and Barbara Walters uh, like Barbara Walters <laughs> this was released because of the book by the way this little bit of audio um, so there's we'll like I think do they're...
0: this anymore I <laughs> like that on television bill
1: me and for coffee and tequila are going to cover this as well and and we we have a whole sketch planned alisher's gonna get you up do. and talk to bron talk to brando and he's gonna be like i'm not dealing with him anymore i'm fucking done i don't even curse but i'm fucking done enjoying um, the background like, calm down come here come on come here come on calm down. So, so what who cares come on come on um, <laughs> uh so yeah like uh, it was what was the topic it was something about birth control or something something about healthcare. and barbara basically like shushes elizabeth from across the table and says that she is getting emotional about it
0: it was when a baby is considered a person
1: was that it okay yeah okay yeah and so joy and elizabeth they're having the back and forth which they've both said that their back and forths were never toxic. Mm-hmm. And so just like let them go and Barbara like stops it and basically like reprimands Elizabeth. And it's not super extreme, but it's there. It's very there. Yeah. Um, and so they cut to commercial. Elizabeth, the last shot we see is like Elizabeth ripping up her notes and, the, and then it cuts to commercial. <laughs> and in this three-minute commercial break, you can search it, Elizabeth versus Barbara um and it'll pull, pop up and in the three minute commercial like you can still hear elizabeth's speed. and she's like i'm fucking done i am fucking over this this is she is not gonna reprimand me on air and joy is like literally i hear joy like running after her you know, <laughs> and, and from the behind and she's like i know i know she does it to me too i know i, yeah, know. I know that's the best like- part that's the best <laughs> part they finally fucking wrangle elizabeth's ass because elizabeth is quitting she's like rip you can hear her ripping yeah. off all of her shit um and she, they finally wrangle her and get her back. <laughs> she said Barbara, Barbara said, this is why we should have never done the topic. You are too emotional. You yeah, get too emotional, too emotional about this. <laughs> and Elizabeth said, I just don't want to be scolded for being emotional. And Barbara's like, you are not scolded. And then they go on air. And Barbara like reaches her hand over Elizabeth and says, we here yeah. at the view have our differences of opinions, but it's okay because we love each other. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hilarious! It's so good, so good. There's so... not really any like repercussions about this, but it's just a good anecdote of the book, yeah.
0: And that's and Elizabeth used to quit like a lot, so it's like funny, yeah. It's even more funny when you know she used to quit like all the time, and yeah. they're just like, Elizabeth, stop, like Elizabeth, <laughs> stop, girl. So good, uh,
1: fucking Bill Getty, the antagonizer, following elizabeth saying you know, what? I already told Barbara, I told her she goes too far with people, she goes too <laughs> yeah. far with. I never said nothing to Barbara Barbara fucking Walters under his life. Bullshit. And I love um, when Barbara
0: finds out that it's happening and she goes, they're like, Elizabeth's leaving. And she goes, Where's she going? And then They're like, hey. <laughs> like Barbara, she's leaving. And she goes,
1: this? <laughs> She really fucking doesn't i knew we shouldn't have done this topic i knew it i knew it (laughs) fucking hilarious man oh my gosh we had to to talk about
0: that for a second at least
1: giving barbara a little bit of sympathy um i felt awful about the way oh so barbara doesn't leave here okay sorry backtrack a little bit joy and elizabeth leave and sherry's still there and that's when they bring in jenny mccarthy Mm. do you remember them doing a lot of like interviewing i remember them having like so many guest co-hosts over and over boys like a period yeah i fucking was in love with mario Cantone from sex in the city i thought yes. he was perfect on this fucking show
0: mario i remember him and andy cohen being like ones that people andy. were talking about
1: yeah i don't remember but, andy i think he would have been pretty good for it and they had brooke shields she was a little dull but i also <laughs> loved whenever jenny mccarthy on the show i oh, mean too I, and I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of Jenny McCarthy, but I thought she was so fun and brought such like a, like a, she brought laughter to the show. And I remember when she came and I went out and bought this fucking book after this interview is when she went on for Bad Habits, um, mm-hmm. for her book, Bad Habits. And she was telling the Madonna story is how she would dance to a Madonna song and like, you know, put her shirt down her shoulder. And, you know, um, and I thought she was so great. And then when she came on the show, she eventually got hired. She was doing this like, late not VH1 show at the time, right? Yeah. And interviewing drunk celebrities and she gets this job at $1 million a year. And she's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to take that. Um, goes on to The View and she didn't have that same spark as a full-time co-host, I don't think.
0: Well, I think that they, it was one of those situations where they hired her for a specific reason and then got her and then wanted her to be something completely different. Than, yes. Like, why you would ever hire Jenny McC... Like they hired Jenny mccarthy to come wear office clothes and not joke around and talk yeah. about politics it was like the weirdest thing
1: yeah put her in fucking glasses didn't yeah. somebody they say that in the book do they? they say that she's wearing glasses to look smarter and she's like no i can't fucking see like, jenny's quotes are perfect see. jenny's quotes are perfect throughout this whole book and she also did an interview with the author during the press tour for this and she's jenny is fucking funny uh um, yeah Jenny, yeah, I agree with you though. I think they were trying to make her something. She was hired to be like the celebrity voice. They even come up with a segment with her. And and this was the beginning of like the rattling of the show that they didn't mm-hmm. know what they were doing. They had because we weren't as politically heated anymore. So we weren't always talking politics. Right. They also had celebrity stuff, but they were having a trouble, they were having trouble like fusing the two. And so Sherry and Jenny had this uh segment called what's popping like the kids like the the kids say what's popping right totally just like just keep that on the panel don't make it a different segment just keep it on the damn panel and just talk about what's happening like yeah like they were it was just weird and jenny goes on to say that like she was terrified of barbara walters because barbara um was always getting on jenny's case and there was one time there was a tampon in the toilet and barbara went to jenny and said jenny says because she thinks that Barbara." Thought that since Jenny was the youngest one there, that she went straight to Barbara. She's like, You must be the one menstruating. Why is there a tampon in the toilet? Go get it. Fish it That's out it. of the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and then she like, would make Jenny change out of her clothes and have her assistants go and get the same exact dress that Jenny was wearing in her house. <laughs> That's the most iconic part when she said, when she gave the
0: example that she came in one day wearing a Victoria Beckham dress, yeah. and Barbara came up, it was winter. And Barbara came up to her and said like, you look
1: ridiculous. (laughs) Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo
0: concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have
1: to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
0: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. She's like, <laughs> She's like Women won't approve of you wearing a, a spring dress during the winter. Change. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, but then barbara wore the
1: dress barbara oh, the fucking dress. dress. so this, this is the shit that barbara would do jenny's comments really are the most illuminating on this but jenny would say that uh she would be terrified if she was sitting in her dressing room and would hear like a shuffling sound because she knew barbara was walking down this down the hallway <laughs> towards her dressing room <laughs>
0: <laughs> she, like, got, she knew the sounds of the shovel. she was Just so
1: afraid of it the fucking like uh, terror that jenny mccarthy felt on this show um jenny carl mccarthy is also a controversial figure about her fusing like anti-vax and all of that um, right i'm not too knowledgeable. Uh, yeah i don't i'm not too informed about all of that so i don't want to say anything about it but um jenny jenny speaks really well about the end of Barbara's run on the show I think mm-hmm. she gives the most information about that because she says that Jenny was only on a season and this is also coincidentally Barbara's last season and they were very much trying to push her out Jenny says oh. that Barbara is so sad isn't it you yeah. Jenny says that Barbara was she did have like signs of mental decline you know that she yeah. would she had katie perry on one they had katie perry on the show one day and then like like the next week or something they referenced her and barbara walters didn't know who that was right and that barbara they were slowly pushing barbara out barbara also owned like 50 percent of this damn show so mm-hmm. it's not like they could just push her out they had to get her to leave um And they're convincing her to do that. And she's warming up to the idea. And they're saying, we'll give you like 50, you know, goodbye specials and everything. Like, we'll make this a grand exit. Um, And she finally warms up to the idea. And as she's like, they're doing the last, like, however many shows over the last few months. Barbara just wants to moderate the show. She asks over and over to moderate the show. Asks Whoopi, goes to Whoopi and says, can I moderate this episode? And Whoopi shuts her down flat out no every single time and tells reminds the producers it's in my contract nobody else can moderate this show i'm the moderator not even barbara walters in her last few months my heart broke
0: i like could cry now the way that jenny describes seeing her shuffle away the shuffle up to Whoopi, and ask yeah and The thing is, it's like, when you read the book, you find out that she always wanted to moderate the show before it was even a show. Like when they came up with the concept, she wanted to moderate and it was always her dream. And they used to joke about it, like the irony that this is her show and her dream is to host it, you know, like they, she was they never saw her as the moderator and they knew better than to make her the moderator because it wouldn't work. So all she ever wanted was to just like do it every once in a while and the fact that Whoopi wouldn't give it to her.
1: It's crazy. And like I guess we don't have Whoopi's side of this. You know, right. Whoopi's not being interviewed for this, or she doesn't, she doesn't give any quotes. But this is so this is all we can take from it. And it does sound very cruel, especially because yeah. this is Barbara's legacy. We think of any legacy that Barbara mm-hmm. has, and she has like a whole fucking career, you know. Right. But this is her crowning jewel. This is the view. Right. And,
0: yeah, and I I think Jenny is a really amazing representation for the time period to describe the decline era of her and them trying to push her out and you know her sort of having these spells and just being a frail eighty something year old woman owning this giant production. Yeah, and like I don't know, it's just it's really sad. It's just a sad, it's a really sad time period because it's it like. Was. It's, it was hard to watch Barbara decline. It really was.
1: I still often well, I have like a list of people in my mind that I just search every week, and I search Barbara every week to just to see if there's an update or anything like that. And I think yeah. after she left the View, her her mental state went down pretty fast. Yeah. And uh, like when she after she left, she came on a couple of times, but um, I think after a year or two years, she's pretty much isolated now because they think her condition is so bad that they don't want her to see and anybody to see her like that. And some people will go visit her and have reported that she's pretty, pretty bad. Um, They also gave her what 10 or $20 million to like buy her out of her 50% share of the show, Mm -hmm. which was also, it also felt cruel that they like convinced her to sell her because then that means she doesn't have any creative, you know, say, they tricked her period, you know, and like at least to like be off the show and have some creative input, would have been something for her to keep her mind going. Cause I do believe that when your mind is like focused on something, you can probably keep it sharper for a long time. Right. But she has had nothing to focus on. She's had nothing to do. Um, And her life was work, work, work. And she loved it. And that was taken away from her and, you know, she was convinced to sell it and you know, now she's just kind of isolated and they don't have anything to do with her Really.
0: They fucking tricked her. Yeah.
1: And it's like
0: sick. And even bill said like, you know, up to the t- like the minute she left the show, she still was like, the one thing that Barbara was always consistently good at was ideas. Yeah. Like even when she wasn't as sharp or whatever, like she could still A, ask a really great question, come up with a great question for somebody and B, like she always had amazing ideas and concepts for how to make a show better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we obviously see, Can I also just, can I tell you who the guest was when I went to the show?
1: (laughs) I want to know, I want to know your fucking story about going to the show. I want to know this.
0: Well, first of all, it was really interesting to be able to, we sat really close. And I remember, I'll never forget, Jenny was extremely interactive with the audience. And whenever the girls, like whenever Barbara would say something weird or, you know, if like whoever, something awkward happened, Jenny would like look over her shoulder at the audience and be like, and, like, everybody would, like, laugh, (laughs) so I, I definitely remember her interacting with, like, audience just, like, a lot, um, Barbara was extremely intense, and, like, during the commercial breaks, she would, like, talk to the audience and explain, like, her reasoning for saying something, like, I may have come across as a big posh, yeah, but i want to explain my perspective, (laughs) so then she would, like, tell everybody why she scalded someone or hushed somebody or whatever, they first of all the morning taping of the show was like Scarlett johansson and i want to say jared leto or something our taping are you ready are you ready
1: i don't know if i am now
0: (laughs) (laughs) clenching my hands as tight as i can our taping was a teenage girl (gasps) who had taken it upon herself to live as a pilgrim and had made headlines for living as a fucking pilgrim some random kid and they brought her on the show and she showed how she plays with a stick and how she does that wheel game where you roll a wheel with
1: a stick. Oh my gosh, i played with that all too much on my admit. I grew up in this South okay? We still play that out here.
0: <laughs> Listen, I learned all about it that day. Uh, and then that was it. And the other person was like a conservative author. Um, but they did give us a bunch of like toys and shit because it was Christmas and my friend katie that i went with we just like gave our toys to our cab driver because he had kids and we were like do you want this barbie barbie motorhome because we're in new york city and can't walk around with a barbie motorhome and he was like yeah i'll take
1: it <laughs> 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 great Here's i two would have fucking loved to be there i have to what was what was like barbara's reaction to that dude?
0: um they were all just kind of like that was what that was what jenny was making fun of jenny was making fun of the guest to oh us oh my gosh and she was like this is like this girl so fucking weird like what the fuck we were all like is this the show like are,
1: is this really it i need to um, look this up not only for the guest and to watch this moment you're talking about but i also want to find fucking dunzo podcast in the audience i need to find for Kitty i'll send it to you i'm sure it's i have oh my god that's fucking hilarious please post it as part of like when you start promoting this episode find it and post it okay I I i'm I hoping will, you're I sitting will. there with like your whatever time period for, oh it wasn't that long ago you'd on my phone i guess
0: well it was like blurry cell phone picture era and- (laughs) we did make the commercial and then the in or in with the we'll be right back and it's so fucking embarrassing (laughs) I could just picture you sitting there
1: you're probably because I I imagine the audience members just that they're an awkwardly smile during everything and so I could just picture you sitting there awkwardly (laughs) smile
0: oh my smile is from temple
1: to temple I'm like (laughs) <laughs> like love the view love the view <laughs> literally i love you, you girls i uh, know let's go let's go now we're gonna go now we're gonna make them sign a copy of ladies who punch oh my <laughs> God, can you imagine? hand it to Whoopi. And be like sign this.
0: <laughs> rosie just finished signing your turn
1: oh um, my gosh
0: okay who should we jump to
1: so barbara's gone barbara's, barbara's gone, gone and this is rosie's return is they bring rosie back rosie o'donnell they, I remember the news all leading up to this. It was it was a badly kept secret that they knew that this was going to happen. Um, yeah. Rosie Perez, who I thought was really good. I liked Rosie Perez a lot. Um, and Nicole Wallace as the conservative chair. Nicole Wallace wasn't exactly conservative. She like, worked with right. Bush during the Bush administration, and I guess how that's how she got her seat. But she – I liked she, Nicole. She, I did, too. She read more liberal to me, though. Rosie Perez seemed like a nervous wreck the entire time because Rosie came on the show and immediately just like, it's like a bunch of dishes on the table and she took the tablecloth and just. Totally.
0: And it's important to mention now that we're getting to this point of the the panel um, that, you know, Barbara is gone, which means that all of the original people, basically the the original format of the show and all of the original people involved, they're all being pushed aside. They're finding ways to like, make sure these people are being fired or whatever. So the show was being run a completely separate, different way by this asshole guy that they, I mean, really fucking slam in the book that he's this like Svengali guy who like nobody yeah. trusts. He's always lying. Like he is like, a swindler who's like takes money from people and, yeah. you know, he's, and he admitted to had never seen the show. He wasn't aware that Rosie and Elizabeth had gotten into a fight. Mm. Like he didn't know anything about Barbara. Like he had literally never watched the show and just basically took it because he wanted to control um, the time slots on ABC. Yeah.
1: It was fucking wild. Like all the hands that were on this, the show at this point, it just it made for the most uncomfortable viewing experience and I think this was because Rosie was on less than a season she was not on for very long and it was Mm -hmm. just the set would change every other week because Rosie would want to change it or like I remember reading all of the this is the first time I ever read articles about this show on mm-hmm. in, in, in like the news um and i remember reading that just the ratings were going down 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 they were just plummeting and so they were trying everything rosie wanted them to all sit on chairs so she could be barefoot and sit um <laughs> and then they you know that wasn't working so they changed the set they changed it like 20 fucking times um rosie always came off really combative she came she came back and like i think you mentioned it earlier that she came back this time bitter evil. as fuck and like evil right yeah like she, whole different like aura around her um there was even a this is the this is the one you also brought up right it's it's whoopi and rosie getting into it about race yeah
0: yeah um so they get into this this debate about race and rosie is being horrific but she also is she's pissed off because of the way the show's being run and like that this guy this asshole guy is like has no respect for anybody there she, of course, Rosie's like, you're a chauvinist. You hate women. You're my dad. I fucking hate you. Fuck off, you know? Um, so they're in this debate. And, and at this point, Rosie's like at times refusing to speak. I don't know if you remember, she would just be silent sometimes. And yes. he would ask her questions and she would refuse to fucking talk. Like she was like on one.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and this particular day, she just was like not fucking feeling whoopee because her and whoopee were having power struggles back and forth. And Whoopi basically tried, now mind you, this is pre-George like George Floyd, this is pre-Black Lives Matter, this is yeah. like right before all of, well not right before, but before all that stuff happening, and Whoopi said that she believes that our country isn't racist. Yeah, the Cox is there as
1: well, like in the middle. Right. Like telling Whoopi, yes, this is racist. This is yeah. racial bias, and Whoopi is saying, "I." This is what kind of started turning me away from Whoopi is that she would say things like, "I know real racism. Real white racism is you know being called the N word and 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 you know lynched or this that and the other." Like she would go off on these spiel saying that right. why something is not racist, even though it clearly is, right? And you have the rest right. of the panel telling you, "Hey, no." And she's like, "But no, you guys are telling a, me, a black woman, that what is racist, right?" and so right and it was because somebody thought
0: like it had made there was a headline at the time that somebody thought barack obama was like a server or something was it valet valet they thought obama was a valet and they're like well that's obviously and like he's the leader of the free world and how could you think he was a valet um but yeah and she was like this country is not racist and like when you watch the clip it's she sounds especially in today's political climate she sounds insane like it sounds like a crazy woman and you can just feel how afraid they all are of her there's like a real intense fear and back talking her um and Whoopi often does this thing where when she wants to make a point or if she wants to win an argument she'll say something like really like vulgar or crass to make to like stop the room yeah and she said the N-word in complete, like, in full on day television. Silenced
1: everybody. They, like, yeah. bleeped it out and everything. And that is how she, like, that's exactly how she would, like, shut down a conversation. Or she is really good at speaking over everybody and silencing everybody and, like, completely oh just speaking so loud that nobody can get their point in, right? And she was yeah. completely doing this. Um and Laverne Cox is saying, like, yes, this is racism. This is this is racism. And, like, what, um, Rosie chimes in. It's like, <laughs> I mean, Rosie's like, I have a black son. I have a black kid living in my house. Like, I mean, that's like, cringy. <laughs> <laughs> I got a black kid in my home, bro. Come on, whoopee! But she did, like, she was completely silent up until that moment. And then she, like, yeah. spoke out then. Oh. Um, and it's just, like, it feels like this kind of argument was happening so often, right?
0: And did you mention already that Whoopi had also just found out that Rosie was like trying to get her fired behind her back?
1: I didn't mention it, but yes, this is, yeah.
0: So they, the Whoopi and the Rosie, Whoopi versus Rosie was like a major, major headline during this time on The View because they couldn't hide. They say in the, in the book, like back in the day, they used to there was a uh, like they would allude to tension,
1: yeah. and
0: then when Rosie versus Elizabeth happened, it was like okay, so the girls are fighting. But then when Rosie versus Whoopi happened, it was like these girls hate
1: each. And other. that was a that was a top dog fight. Like that one was an intense fight that got everybody involved. Yeah, it was a boss fight. <laughs> Everybody it was, like, was scared to fucking be there. Poor poor Rosie fucking Perez just wanted to like sing some show tunes and be there, I you know? know? As the little Puerto Rican woman. Uh, she Puerto she's Puerto Rican, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like talk and about she- boxing. <laughs> It's like all she cared Basie about. With, with her sister Coleman she was always talking about a sister Coleman <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> her sister. Yes.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Rosie I fucking love Rosie Perez. I love her, but she was so just like shaking from all of the tension, yeah. and and it's like episode to episode, you know. Um, yeah. It just was not the place for Rosie to be anymore. Rosie O'Donnell, and she left pretty quick
0: yeah and I think you know we kind of touched on this earlier but the one thing that you could never say about Rosie O'Donnell was that she didn't love that show yeah and when she came back like she really <clears throat> from the way that they describe it in the book and or in her own words like she really had the best I think the best of intentions in coming back and she really wanted the show to be good and I think it was scary for her to realize that the show was not ever going to be what it was like this is not the same production these people don't know you or care about you they don't know your impact here they never watched you they don't care like i also think that
1: like rosie o'donnell was just by this point a lot more of a broken person and Mm. that definitely came out i think she had a lot of turmoil going on in her own personal life that was coming out on screen
0: that's um, such a good point she was a different person
1: mm-hmm. um oh my god what was i even gonna say uh, yeah i don't remember, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> um, but she she yeah she left um what was it before or after her second return that she had her own show on the own network it was before correct before yeah, it had to have been because it was right after oprah ended her show and started the own network okay and so it also seemed like rosie didn't really know what she was doing with her career anymore she knew Mm -hmm. she wanted to be in daytime talk show or like a late night talk show some sort of like this is what she wanted to do it seems like the view was like she hit hit a nerve and she really liked doing it um Mm -hmm. but just needed the full control and so she got her own show turned it into this big late night thing with the games and all of that the ratings weren't there and then the format changed to like a sit down rosie and glasses one-on-one talk show and that was actually really good there she had a couple really good interviews with that but by that time the show her show the ratings had gone down so so far that oprah just canceled the show right um so then she goes on the view and i think she works in this format though like wild as she isn't as like you know boisterous and, and and kind of difficult. I do think she works really well in this format.
0: Well, the thing that sucks is that her return was one of the biggest moments in television history. Yes. Rosie O'Donnell returning to The View, major. But they fumbled it because yeah. they didn't understand the magnitude
1: of it. They didn't well, they understand wanted, why
0: it was a big deal.
1: They wanted, whoever was on that show wanted, the drama she was going to bring with it right Mm -hmm. and the ratings, but they didn't really realize why she was so good on the original run in the first place. And it wasn't because she was, you know, having a fight with Elizabeth Hasselbeck, you know, she fit and she had opinions and she was like outspoken about certain things. Um, and they i don't know it felt like they were it felt like a a mutual antagonistic situation they would antagonize her she would antagonize them whoopies antagonize people you know it just it just was a toxic work environment and like everybody leaves at this point right like i think this is a one season for just about everybody but would be on that show
0: um it's it's the worst season of the show i mean it it is is easily the worst season and they all sort of knew it was the worst season when they were there like it's a mess
1: yeah um And then since then, we don't really have a whole lot of news about everything. There's like a few like newsworthy moments here and there. Mm -hmm. But like since then, we've had, they did bring Joy back and we have Joy Behar in a more, in a permanent role again. But Mm -hmm. as far as this revolving door, I don't know what stands out to you. Who stands out to you? What moments?
0: Well, I do love Sunny. Yes. I love
1: I think she would have been, I'm not like super happy with the panel that she's on, but I think she would have been great. In early, with earlier panels you know but she is like yeah. great right now too
0: she would have been so good in the original star seat yeah. because she brings that like lawyer thing <clears throat> um and she's funny i don't know i just i think sunny is amazing she i agree did. with you she would have been so good in the old school version um and yeah you know Whoopi is still narrating or uh moderating the show and hating it i I wish (laughs) for the love of god they would just let joy moderate the fucking show joy is such a better moderator than whoopi
1: Mm. i don't know i'd have to see her i'd have to see her do it more i guess because there's only rare occasions that she's done that right
0: oh i wanted to talk just really quickly about raven yes it's about raven simone that was a crazy time that was uh, but it made sense it was fun. Like,
1: Raven was in a more adult period of her, her career and she had done, she'd gotten off of that. So Raven, she tried a couple, tried to break into the movie industry a little bit. Um, Hadn't really done much with music outside mm-hmm. of Disney. She did, what was it? Some show on ABC family, Georgia that didn't really go anywhere. So she was like kind of floundering around figuring out her place. And when she fell into the view seat, it Felt like it fit. It was a really yeah. good fit for her. You know, she was this younger voice, but I also think like Raven has the mind of a child star who doesn't know yeah. real people, right? Yes. So, like it's also like some of the things she was saying were a little cringy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that, but it made it, it almost was like great because it made yeah. it more interesting. Like, and she's so outspoken. Like she was such an outspoken, like, I am loud and proud in my crazy fucking thoughts. You know, and it was just really, I thought Raven made the show really, really fun to watch.
1: Yeah, it was like watching Raven Baxter on The View. (laughs) She Raven very much is Raven Baxter in real life. Oh Like her, that zany, quirky, like Disney acting is how she acts in real life. (laughs) Um, I also really liked when they brought Candace Cameron on. Oh my god. At the same time as Raven. Oh my god. I have to say, and I might get hate for this. I'm a very big Candace Cameron fan. I'm obsessed with Full House. And when Full House came around, I was fucking like I I skipped a whole day of college classes just so I could watch the full (laughs) season of Fuller House. You know, like I loved it. And I loved Candace Cameron. It's just that nostalgic childhood tied to her. Um, And when she was on with Raven, I liked their dynamic a lot because Candace Cameron was also on that. So Raven, it's like they knew each other. They had history. And it wasn't something that we had to watch progress. They already had it when they were on together. And there was one really good moment between them when they were all talking about like whether uh, it was like a cake bakery refused to uh do a wedding cake for a gay couple right mm -hmm. and there was a big debate and especially between raven and candace cameron Mm -hmm. about whether that was right or not and i thought that was like the magic that they just for a brief moment Mm -hmm. that they weren't able to keep that fire going but that fire was there again you know yeah
0: i i agree with that and the show got political again like which was cool it they realized that they needed to talk about politics and that that was always what the show was supposed to be about um and yeah I just I always thought Raven was so interesting and weird and fucking funny and frustrating she's one of those people that like is polarizing and when you're in it with her like people wanted her fired and I remember she was one of the first co-hosts to have like a petition to get her fired and all that stuff
1: I don't remember that
0: people were so enraged by raven which i got because she said some crazy shit but like she was a great antagonist you
1: know i think she fit really well i do think she fit really well and i think she i mean she left to do i think they both left to do their their to go back they to did! that's films. funny <laughs> <laughs> they both left to go back to their childhood sitcoms uh <laughs> but I think Raven's come in every now and then and still Mm -hmm. like popped up on the show, you know, I I think she, she could go back to it. If Raven's home doesn't work out, um, she could go back to that. And I think she would fit really well. Yeah. Especially as she's getting older. I like, I'm, I'm very curious to hear what she has to say as an older person now, you know,
0: married, she's a wife now. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Other than that, we have, I mean, a few, we have, uh, just people that don't really know Paula Ferris. Sarah Haynes.
0: I, um, I will say McCain. shout
1: out, what? shout out to Michelle Collins. I'm a big Michelle
0: Collins yeah. fan.
1: I liked her. I she was really yes. not a great
0: View person, but I liked the
1: show. They why why was she gone? She she was gone because somebody on the cast didn't like her.
0: Yeah, and she was funny. Like they didn't was know it what Joy? To do with her. Did I think it was her? Joy. <laughs> yeah, because probably because she jumps on she jumped on Joy's punchlines. That's so One
1: funny. One rule. I get it. Michelle Collins was funny. Um, Megan McCain, I think, has made the most splash since mm-hmm. in, in recent years, and I think it's just because she's been fucking annoying. Megan McCain was somebody that I've really liked. Some of her um, crossing party, I really like somebody who crosses party lines. I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I, I very much like somebody like that, and I'm very interested in hearing what somebody has to say who is crossing party lines. And Megan McCain started out doing that quite often. Mm-hmm. They had Joe Biden on. She was really her and Joe Biden seemed to have this really great relationship and mm-hmm. over time it just seems like uh it got really in megan mccain's head that she needed to be she was always annoying but it got in her head that she needed to be the elizabeth hasselbeck but like did that to like the nth degree right like she was yeah. awful and insufferable joy fucking hates her ass miss princess of arizona herself
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah she she's a good example of like watching somebody polarizing that isn't fun to watch yeah like Elizabeth was amazing because she was engaging and also frustrating and like Megan is in no way engaging she's completely incapable of a back and forth conversation she has no respect for other people or like elders like she's just like a bratty obnoxious adult baby on this show who's been given a microphone and like you know she was just unbearable
1: like bratty is the perfect word for it i think i think she was incredibly bratty and i think that she took her role as the conservative seat conservative seat to 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 such a height that she gave herself this really high self-importance that she did not have right it's
0: like girl you're not an actual
1: politician no she they had elizabeth hasselbeck on and like it was, it was just so cringy watching this one, too. And Megan McCain's like, I now I know what you went through the entire time you were on here. This was, this is a hard seat to be in. I'm proud to do you justice, Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> like, Shut the fuck up. She's just like, she is just a try hard. And I think yep. it comes off. So, But she writes for the Daily Mail now. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never be able to like the years of her just fucking railroading joy in the most disrespectful obnoxious way like above all things this woman is like 80 yeah and she's been here since the first episode like let her fucking talk let her let joy
1: talk yeah are you kidding Some people are saying that about us is me me rambling. And they're like, let Troy fucking talk. He has been here since the smush room. Let him talk.
0: (laughs) But they're literally like, thank God he's here.
1: Thank God Um... Zach's here. (laughs) But so you know that Joy is like really engaged with the conversation and really like into the kind of back and forth. When she's engaged in the conversation and talking, when Meghan McCain would speak, Joy was just quiet. And she would stare into nothing. And it's just like- (laughs)
0: Yeah, and you know that it's bad when Joy is, like, defeated, because Joy is, She's like, just so like fiery. Over the
1: shit, over it, over okay. it, over it, over Okay, it.
0: I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any any closing thoughts or anything that you feel like we missed?
1: I think that's it right now. I think we have Sarah Haynes, Sonny Hostin, Whoopi Goldberg, Joy Behar? Is that it on the panel? See, I don't watch it all that much anymore. I know I that I, there's an occasional headline like when Joy – or not when Joy, when Whoopi said that thing about – um, was about Jewish people. or was some comment about Jewish people. I can't even remember off the top of my head. We have an occasional salacious headline like that. Yeah. But I think you put it best. Do you remember what you texted me?
0: I said that I think – unfortunately <clears throat> the show is the 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 least culturally relevant now than it probably ever has been yeah and that sucks because it's not it's not culturally relevant because every other show has stripped it of what made it special and yeah. unique and now it's basically impossible for the view to be unique like it's yeah. just you know I, I don't think they ever recovered from the talk premiering either
1: like oh that's something like briefly we can mention is the talk and and the real kind of spawning from the view what did you think of those i would be really curious i have to admit i was obsessed with the real for a good long time until about recently i think (laughs) i liked the real just because i'm a
0: real big tamar braxton head like i'm a big tamar tamar girl so I was like, "Well, oh, I gotta watch Tamar just like be on TV." So I, I, I love hilarious. Oh my god, she's there's just one. The they're best. telling
1: stories at one point, and her earring just <laughs> flies off of her ear and like hits the table, and it's just the funniest fucking <laughs> moment I've ever <laughs> seen. They up. you know. Like, <laughs> she's Tamera everything. Madeline, Tamar Braxton, uh, Jeannie Mai, and Lonnie Love and Adrian Bylon had that is that is a panel. That is yeah. a panel. Yeah. That was
0: lightning in a bottle. That was chemistry. Like absolutely. That was amazing. The talk I never really got into. Don't care. I don't care. It's too yeah. cheesy, too light, too fake. Like, you yeah. know, there's nothing exciting happening at the talk. I agree. Um, but unfortunately, I do think that the view's best days are behind it. And which is
1: interesting also because I'm reading that ran the Wikipedia page right now. Um, okay. I said it was transferred from the helm of ABC's Entertainment to that of abc news in 2014 following a decline in ratings by 2021 the view had become the most viewed news and talk program in daytime television wow so that's Views, amazing ratings are up i guess but i just don't hear anything about it i guess it's just comfort tv for everybody now in the date in the daytime yeah. but i don't even watch it i could see it definitely being comfort tv though
0: it is yeah. it's a very comfortable show to fall into if you yeah. haven't watched it in a while it's just easy it feels safe you kind of know the beats and especially if It's like mostly the original, not original, but it's mostly like, you know, people that you've, we've seen on the show for a long time.
1: Maybe I'll start watching The View again. Oh my gosh. If you do tell me if I should do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Oh my God. (laughs) Zach. Holy fuck. I can't believe we just talked about this for so long.
1: We made it through. I was so excited. I was so excited. I have to say that you asked me to do this one. I was like stoked. And then we were supposed to do it like within a week and I just was scrambling. I was like, I, I, I don't I, I don't have my notes done yet Troy. I just can't do it yet. <laughs> you yeah, no. well, texted me because you're ha- haunted by your travel witch and, <laughs> and you're like you're like I can't do it today and I'm like thank you. Yeah. No. Lord, okay. Okay. We'll we'll put it off.
0: Well, this was a really tall order and I really 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 appreciate you for doing cuz this was a lot. I mean, this was a lot. Like I was honestly, I don't know if I'd able, feel comfortable asking many people to do this, but I was like I know that you'll care as much as me and also help me format this in a way that makes sense you basically just hosted the show so also thank you for that
1: I'm, so, I'm sorry everybody I'm sorry <laughs> no that
0: was, it was amazing I didn't know I did honestly didn't know how to make it all make sense so Dude, I had
1: fucking notes I put this shit in order um, <laughs> but this yeah
0: a bucket thank, list moment for a podcast bucket list moment for me so
1: I love it I'm thinking thank you for having me on for it
0: We'll tell people, remind people where they can find you.
1: Yeah, uh, me and my husband have a have a uh, a morning show on Mondays and a late show on on Fridays called Coffee and Tequila. It's every week, twice a week, um, and it just relaunched tomorrow or today. This is going out tomorrow or what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, our late show is tonight, so you can go over to AZB Bonus Features on YouTube and watch us there.
0: I actually just realized you're the reason I'm not watching the view anymore because coffee and tequila became my. Preview. Oh,
1: shut the fuck up! Whatever, I'm whatever. Not, okay. I'm not kidding. I really I'm gonna love have your coffee ass. And fucking tequila. Fired. I'm going.
0: <laughs> I'm not dealing with this anymore, Zach.
1: <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it, Bill. Bill.
0: <laughs> Bill, I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McHee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew.